With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big and Fruity. A podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine. And join our host, Mr. Dave A.C., for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. And here he is now, the man who likes a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave A.C., And thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, Ian, in particular, for that little intro with the Podsafe music there in the background. Uh, welcome, everybody, to a episode of the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Dave AC. These go out live on TalkShoe. The TalkShoe call ID is double one double two seven two. I gave quite a few details last week, and I've got a, an apology straight off, hoping that the audio is a little bit better today than it was last week. I think um, it was due to um, some Windows 7 updates uh, uploading, sorry, downloading in the background while I was doing it, and it was um, perhaps just uh, making my PC strain somewhat. So apologies, but I hope that you were able to enjoy uh, last week's episode, which was episode 71 a late white Christmas. Well, today it's another Tuesday. Indeed, it is Tuesday the 22nd of January 2013. And um, the topic today, with a slight change to that uh, previewed at the end of last week's episode, is uh, episode 72, Tennis and Wine, Weather Permitting. And I'll explain that in a moment. Just to say, of course, that we do have um, a blog for this uh, show. It's uh, bigandfruityWordPress.com. have a Facebook group. Um, uh, just put Big and Fruity in Facebook and you'll come up with it. And if you're on Google+, Plus, we also have a Google Plus page. Currently, there's just myself here in the room. Uh, if anybody else joins me, I will introduce them. If I'm on the audio, at least on my own, then we'll run the show for about 40, 45 minutes. If other people come on, we may go a little bit longer. The format of the show is as per usual. We have, I have, well, it's very kind of me saying we have, isn't it? Um, because unfortunately, um, I can't come round and fill up your glasses. But I may give you an idea of what to fill your own glasses up with. Yes, I am drinking uh, a wine. Well, I've got it to hand. The bottle's been opened a good two Two, two and a half hours now, and the wine's been poured out about 15 or 20 minutes. I'm all good to go. But it's not the wine that I was saying might be the wine uh, when I introduced this 
call at the end of last week. Yes, tennis and wine. Why that topic? What an unusual pairing, David. Not wine and cheese. Not wine and seafood. But tennis and wine. Well, of course, I'm a big tennis fan. Well, that's not of course. The of course bit is, of course, that it is now going on in Melbourne, Australia, where it's the second week of the one of the big four Grand Slams in tennis. And uh, Andy Murray from the UK is still in it. Jokovic is still in it. Federer is still in it. And I think Ferrer, is it? Not too sure about the fourth person in that. In fact, it may even be down to eight. But um, certainly... Uh, Good hopes there, and I unfortunately have not been able to enjoy it as much because with my new um, fibre connection, uh, it's not yet compatible, my particular setup, with the um, uh, internet television that I had where I got my uh, uh, Eurosport UK channel, which of course is covering the tennis very well. BBC are only doing it on audio. I'm hoping that they will be covering the closing stages of the tennis. But because I'm such a tennis fan, I thought what I would do, and this was the plan, don't get too excited, because this is not what we're doing, well, in a modified way. What I decided to do is, if you will know, dear listener, that there are four grand slams in tennis. First one of the year is the Australian. Then we have the French. Then we have Wimbledon, the UK or the British one. And then we have the American one at Flushing Meadows. So those are the four Grand Slams. So my idea had been, no, 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 not even I would attempt to drink four bottles of wine on this. Although I do know, and by the way, do go out and look at all these marvellous, marvellous podcasts on uh, wine. And quite a few done on video as well. Uh, you catch them on YouTube and on different blogs where, where people test a whole flight of wines. I don't know where... They must get sponsorship, our wine donated to them free. I certainly can't afford to do that. So what I had intended doing was getting um, four mini bottles. I was probably going to get a Zinfandel for the American one. I was probably going to get um, a little Bordeaux or a Rhine wine for France. Uh, English wine, I was probably going to get uh, a little sparkling English wine. And um, for Australia, I'd have probably got uh, an Australian Shiraz. All in little mini bottles, very neatly lined up in a row. And I was going to be batting between the... No, batting. Hitting the tennis ball between them and having a right good time. Uh, So that's why I've added weather permitting. No, not the weather permitting. Although in actual fact, by heavens, I wouldn't... You know, they make some football players look slightly unfit. They play these tennis matches for two, three, four hours. The temperature on some days in Australia has been getting up to 40 degrees centigrade. Now, that must be well into the 90s, uh, getting close to 100 degrees. Unbelievable. No, it's the exact opposite. Um, I haven't ventured out in my car uh, since, uh, well, actually my brother-in-law's car since last Thursday. So I was, although I do have wine in the house, I tend to keep the odd bottle or two around, you know, just for uh, occasional drinks. But I didn't have any of these small bottles. And I certainly wasn't, I didn't have all to hand uh, four different large bottles of those particular ones to open. So what I've done is this. I've gone and selected 
one of the bottles that I do have in, it so happens to be a Naked Wines wine. Don't work for them, but I am a customer. And um, it was the label that decided me on this particular wine. It's one of the good ones, actually, I've been keeping. It's nominally a £14 wine, so it's nominally a 20-odd dollar bottle of wine, uh, reduced via Naked Wines to um, £10.49, so that's about $16, I suppose. And it, it is called Le Pinnacle. It's a Syrah 2009 from France. From the Côte de Tung, I think that's how you pronounce it, region, uh, right down in the southern part of France, not too far from the coast and not all that far from the uh, border with Spain. But um, the reason why that name attracted me, because these tennis players, as I just said, Playing for three or four hours, uh, up to 40 degrees in temperature, gets very hot at the the Australian one. The Fran- Fran- France one is not quite as hot. And, of course, in the UK, we now have two courts with the... Well, one court with covers on, hopefully two courts soon, uh, because we usually have uh, some bad weather, and it's keeping the players warm that is the difficulty. So what is it about tennis players that I've squeezed sort of laterally into this podcast, is that they are super fit. They are indeed. Wait for it. Are you ahead of me? You've already got it. They are at the pinnacle of their fitness. And people like Federer have been at their pinnacle for a good 10, 12 years. I just don't know how they do it. Uh, What they will be like when they're in the 50s, uh, probably having knee surgery, hip surgery, but God bless them. They do entertain us, and uh, they are absolutely a joy to watch. So that's the wine. Uh, I have, of course, put a twit pick uh, picture up, and I've just noticed very belatedly I'm joined in the room by uh, a guest, Prophet Morgan, uh, who has just popped in to find out what the podcast was about. Maybe the word tennis caught their eye and not the wine because they've just dropped out. But uh, thank you for just dropping in, uh, the Torchview site is very much set up for the people to come in, see what calls are live, and just pop in and see what takes them. Some shows are, you know, uh, don't allow guests in. I particularly do, so uh, that's okay. And um, let's go ahead. Uh, I'll put the link in for the twit pick, and in a moment I will read it out. In fact, no, since there's nobody in the room, let me read it out straight away. Then we'll have a little smell. Now, remember, with these twit pics, they're all related to the Big and Fruity uh, Twitter feed. The uh, URL I'm going to give you is all in small case. And it is this, twitpick.com forward slash, let me get this right, BZD. No, it's not. David, you... Ah, dear, dear, dear. Start again. It's twitpick.com forward slash BXDZBT. No numbers in it this time. So it's twitpick.com forward slash BXDZBT. All small case. I'm just going to refresh it one more time, which in actual fact is the third time. And there are 34 views. So just over 30 people have taken a look at my Lipinical Syrah 2009 from France. 
and um, it's poured out and it's calling to me. It's calling to me. Oh, and we've got dark blackberry fruits on the nose. Massive of dark fruit. Oh. Oh, let me uh, let me dive in. A little bit of spice, I think. Let me have a little taste. Ooh, that is absolutely delightful. It's got a lovely mouthfeel. It's actually quite, not viscous, but it, it's got quite a bit of body, a little bit like those Ripasso wines. It's got a real lovely mouthfeel. We've got very much the dark black, not not cherry, definitely black currant fruit here. Uh, there's definitely a, 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 a spicy edge, not cinnamon, but it's sort of a peppery spice. And we've got a, a licorice in there. I'm not knowing whether I get any chocolate or mocha. Let's just have another taste. It's dry. And it's got a lovely long finish. Not very not very strong tannins, but very definitely there and a nice structure. That is a very, very pleasing and very suited to my style of wine that I like to drink. So that is Le Pinnacle, a Naked Wines wine. In fact, let me uh, just move a couple of links about and let me go and see uh, what the information is on Naked Wines site. And let me, this is the UK site of Naked Wines I'm going. Not sure whether it's for sale on the American or Australian versions, but uh, let me see what it says. Um, by Charles Simpson from France, Syrah or Shiraz, 13, 13.5%. Uh, Charles Simpson's speciality is making well-known grape varieties in his chosen area of the Long Dock and giving them a little bit of a twist. This pure Syrah, hmm, now, question about that, but I'll read what it says. This pure Syrah has all the plummy, jammy fruit flavours that you would expect from us. Juicy French Syrah, but it also has a streak of licorice. I got the licorice and smoky oak, smoky oak. Mm. I think they may be right. I think they may be right. Uh, streak of licorice and a smoky oak that you'd expect to be more at home on a top class Rhone red. The combination works perfectly, perfectly as does the price tag. Take a duck, crisp roast it, and took it into it with a bottle of this blooming marvellous. Yes, and uh, uh, I suppose I should see if there's any little reviews I can refer to there. Chris, what does he say? Initial punchy, spicy oak flavour with mellow aftertone. Delicious, especially with steak. Jane, she's got a lovely long review here. Let's just read a little bit of it. I'm just giving first names because I don't really have these people's permission to read out all their stuff. Uh, but um, felt like a little luxury tonight. I know what you mean, Jane. Been so looking forward to this all day here and my thoughts. Once decanted, it was quite dark. In per yes, it is. You're ex absolutely on the nose there, young lady. It's a very dark 
but slightly purple hued red. Uh, dark inky purple, but then I get uh, I live in a old cottage with appalling lights. But yes, it is like that. Very soft and sensuous in the nose, sweet vanilla, and a lovely smoky edge. So that's people picking up the smoky edge better than me. Hints of strawberry type fruits and wafts. Oh, but that's on the nose. The smoky element comes across immediately on the palate, which suggests to me, at any rate. The Italians predominantly come from the oak aging. Um, and I think these will continue to soften for a year or two yet. So yes, this definitely is a wine that would keep. A very structured wine, which I said, with all the backbone elements holding it together beautifully. The fruit is subtle, the acidity is muted, and the tannins, which are so needed to keep the wine, are wonderfully softened, particularly once food is introduced. Mm. And I won't read all of it. These are comments from the people on there. Uh, what is one more? Connor. This wine has started to make an appearance in my basket every order now. What a cracking bottle for the price. It's often really hard to get a good French wine at this price. <coughs> well, excuse me. And this one has become one of my favourites. And um, just a little aside to the, this, by the way. Uh, one of the things that knew I was onto a good promise of a wine was when I opened it. It's a cork based wine and it's got a long corking quite often now you're seeing corks only ooh, an inch and a quarter long i don't know what that is there say four centimeters uh, and this one is really one and three quarters inches getting on for four and a half centimeter it's a long cork that's usually indicative of a wine that uh, hopefully can be put down and um one more very brief one from Stephen. buy this it's brilliant <laughs> now, um, one little thing that um, I have to take a little issue with. I went to Le Pinnacle's website, and uh, this is one I will read out now. Uh, and this is to the their Pinnacle Syrah page. Let me see if I can read it properly. It's www.saintyrose.com. Now, I'm going to spell that out. So it's saint with an E on the end. So it's S-A-I-N-T-E. R-O-S-E dot com forward slash hour dash wine forward slash 83 dash Lee dash pinnacle dash syrup. And um, let me just read a little bit of it here. Um, and this again, talking about the 2009. By the way, it's won the uh, decanter bronze medal and the decanter um, recommended uh, one from 2004 and one from 2006. And it's also won the 2012 Decanter World Wine Awards Bronze Medal. Decanter Magazine. Cinnamon and cedar wood nose with ripe berries, oak and vanilla flavours combined with fruit. Uh, so let me just read what it says here. Again, go to the site. I want to read all of it. Um, Le Pinnacle or the pinnacle, is the highest point of the tower on the Chateau de Maine, Saint, now that's Saint with an E on the end, so I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Saint E. Rose, is it? Plus, symbolically, this superbly structured syrup is the top of our red wine range. Now, the wine is made in Coates uh, Rotti style of the Rhone Valley, plus the syrup was co-fermented with 5% of the white white grape variety Vonigne. 
That's spelled uh, V-O-I-V-I-O-G-N-I-E-R. Sorry about all these pronunciations, but the white grape vinegar that does is sometimes applied to red wines. After gentle extraction and pressing, this wine spent 12 months aging in French oak balance. Colour opaque, almost black red, absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Um, it says rich plum jam and licorice aromas with hints of dark chocolate. That's the mocker, I think, that was coming through. Uh, expressive and intense flavours. Black fruit dominates, but is combined with mocker and coffee, which provides a round, smooth finish. Drink now. Ah. Oh. <laughs> are until 2018. Uh, I'm going to have another sip. I am vastly enjoying this. Lip-smackingly good, as they say. And they've got a range of wines here. I mean, um, they do a number of whites. They do a, a, a couple of... Oh, how many roses? One rosé. And um, let's see, what do the critics say about... Domain Saint Rose. Again, a saint with the word E on the end. Uh, um, uh, Jane uh, McQuiddy at the Times. Um, Charles and Ruth Simpson left Blighty to make wine at their long dock estate, and almost everyone has been a winner. Janice Robinson. Well-respected uh, wine critic from 2008 wrote here. This is com. Charles and Ruth Simpson brought this tropical in Long Dock in 2002 and have made a range of well-conceived modern reds and whites, building a following. So lots of stuff to read uh, on their site. And the homepage is um, www.saintyrose.com. Saint, I'm not sure how you pronounce the S A I N T E R O S E dot com, and there's lots of link there. They have a blog and so on. Got some lovely pictures on there, mostly black and white, and um, lots of things. And they've got uh, right at the bottom <clears throat> a list of the accolades they've won: decanter, silver, bronze, recommended, whatever. Um, the International Wine Challenge Bronze, International Wine Challenge Recommended, Decanter Fine Wine Encounter, Top 100 Wines. Um, so absolutely uh, well done to Naked Wines for getting this in one of their uh, ranges. So lovely. Ah. Now, I, uh, that's the wine I'm drinking. Now, the top is going to be still related a little bit to tennis, but I've winded out a little bit. We have talked before about famous people who own vineyards. Um, you know, the uh, Depardieu, uh, Gerard Depardieu. Of course, um, he's got a French vineyard, but uh, whether it's going to be as successful now, or he's na- put his name to this wine, now he's uh, thinking of moving to Russia. Uh, I hope that won't affect uh, the sales of his wine. But we're going to open it out a little bit, but I did find um, one uh, French uh, tennis player, uh, not French tennis. One tennis player, God, go and get it right. Who he actually won the French Open in 1995, and that is uh, Thomas Munster. That's spelled M-U-S-T-E-R. Who um, who played tennis uh, 
mainly in the 90s when he was at his uh, top and became world number one briefly and had uh, success on hard courts. But um, he um, came to prominence when he reached the final of the French Open in the junior tournament uh, in 1985. But his major wins uh, was the uh, Australian uh, French Open final in 1985 junior uh, uh, Wimbledon in 84 and uh, and US Open uh, in 85 those were his junior ones but later on as I say he went on and won the 1995 French Open uh, mostly retired now he's 40 what 45 years of age lives in uh, Leibniz is it Austria and um, I found a little interview uh, uh, on a CNN page. Uh, oh, let me put the, the wiki page for Thomas Munster in. So that's wikipedia.org. And unsurprisingly, that's forward slash wiki, forward slash Thomas underscore Munster. And you can read a little bit about him. But um, I found some, in, um, some about um, a CNN little program that had been done about him an article with a little video called Munster's Mission Tennis Star Turns Winemaker now um, I've got a little bit of the audio that I want you to go and check it out let me read it out first if you put in Google Munster's Mission Tennis Star Turns Winemaker you'll probably get to this article but the full URL is edition.cnn.com forward slash 2012 forward slash 01 forward slash 05 forward slash sport forward slash tennis forward slash tennis dash thomas dash munster dash wine forward slash index and um, I've got a little short clip of him talking a little bit about his tennis and wine my biggest achievement um, besides winning the French Open is being number one in the world I mean that's what you're aiming for, 95 and 96 probably been the best years in my career and the biggest achievements. I've won a lot of tournaments on, on clay, but because I was winning so much on clay, people were considering me as a king of clay, but I, 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 don't, I don't feel that way. I think Guga Curtin or Sergio Bruguera, Tim Correa, I mean, they won the French Open several times. I mean, they're king of clays. That's uh, where we live, that's the southern part of Syria, and uh, that's our winery. I grew up here, I knew this when I was a kid, and uh, that's a very special place for us, and especially having all these grapes and this uh, natural countryside. I was lucky to actually buy it uh, off the church at that time, and um, it was in 2003. We developed a great house, but I also had a vineyard. Mr. Tement, who owns this uh, wonderful place here, he's a great tennis man, and I asked him if this vineyard was uh, worth a dollar or not. And he said, look, this is a fantastic vineyard, it's got uh, great soil, it's got everything you need. And uh, that's how we started working together, and that's how he actually started to develop the vineyard around our house. This is now from Kittenberg, that's from our property, that's a white burgundy, and it's about three weeks old. And we can see it's a bit yellowish, but uh, it's got about 100 grams of rest sugar that obviously be filtrated over the months to come, and it's going to be an excellent year. 
Okay, uh, and obviously uh, I've only played a little uh, sample of that. So, um, yeah, uh, of course, uh, I suppose the, the master on clay now is Nadal. I think he's won it five, maybe six times, the French Open. But um, uh, great, that was the main link of the tennis star that I found that um, had actually moved directly into wine. It wasn't just putting his picture on a bottle, uh, as I'm sure a lot of the uh, athletes will be... Uh, asked to do but you know he's actually put his money where his mouth is and um, absolutely great and uh, noticing part of that clip he seems to uh, somewhere on his premises have an indoor tennis court because he went on the senior tour for a little bit after he'd retired so um, uh, that shows that um, you know there is at least one link there with uh, Thomas Munster there and um, I'm going to I don't think you can read this next link out, but if you go to Yahoo and um, if you go to um, put in Yahoo famous athletes that own their own vineyards, um, I put the link in the room. It's a bit difficult to read out, a bit clumsy. So put in Yahoo famous athletes that own their own vineyards. There's a, there's a great list there. I think I mentioned a few before. Mario Andretti, racing car driver. Uh, Arnold Palmer, golfer. Ernie Els, golfer. A lot of golfers seem to to, to like it. Of course, um, you know, uh, they all tend to have their preferences. Um, uh, but uh, great to just check out things like that. And I've got another link here. Um, and let me just, oh, again, very, very long, extremely long link. I won't be able to read out here. But um, this is um, put it in the room anyway. Remember, all these links can be got using Chat Grabber. This, uh, if you're putting a Google, perfect pairing, athletes and the wine business. And this is um, NS, uh, msnbc.com. Uh, uh, page uh, written by David Sweet. Uh, only going to mention a few things from here. Um, um, uh, aside from this, talking about uh, a golfer to start with, aside from his success on the course where he's captured two British Open championships, Greg Norman has linked his name to a number of prosperous golf ventures from close. Uh, 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 from clo clothing to turf. But a decade ago, the shark dove into another type of business, winemaking. Offering everything from Chardonnays to Merlots, Greg Norman Estate sells hundreds of thousands of cases annually. One year, Wine Spectator magazine named Norman Label as one of its top ten wine wines of the year. An outstanding feat for a golfer completing against lifelong uh, wine producers. So there's an awful lot there. Then it mentions Ernie Els. Um, uh, also, um, lots of other baseball players have also done it. Um, and lots of other athletes. Um, <clears throat> uh, I don't really want to read any more of that. But um, just let's read the, the little paragraph at the bottom here whether they're able to determine the difference between a lush cabernet and a bottle of grape juice seems to matter a little. The marriage of athletes and wines is here to stay. <laughs> like that, like that, like that. Um, 
And I'm just trying to uh, delete some of these links as I uh, read them out and mention them, uh, just to to clear a little bit um, uh, more of the uh, space on my thing. Um, in fact, what I'm going to just do is break away just to... Well, I'm going to break away and have a little sip. Um, when I do these... Oh, let's have the sip first. Uh, when I do these, I, as well as having that, this topic, I'll start to like to have a little wine fact as well. Well, the wine fact is a little bit skewed this week, uh, but it's a little bit of fun, I hope you'll find. And, and what it is, is that um, I found a site which, again, has this tennis connection. It's, um, it's wine gifts for tennis fans. That's the, the basis of the site. The site is the Find Everyday Products, Everyday Store, uh, or Every Product, Every Store. But the URL is, and let me try and read it out carefully, is um, www.thefind, that's one word, dot com, forward slash gifts, forward slash info dash tennis dash wine dash bottle. Okay, so this is... Um, 96 products from 42 stores for tennis wine bottle. So putting that search in produces... Now, in the majority, these are novelty wine stoppers. Now, you've heard me say that uh, through great absolute inner strength and mental capacity and willpower, uh, when I open a bottle like this one I have tonight, um, <clears throat> for the sake of, you know... Uh, my wallet and as the, some medical advice would say uh, my health I do try and make a bottle last two nights particularly something like this where I'm talking about a bottle that's costing me uh, virtually $20 and um, I can't afford to be drinking a bottle of wine at that price every day um, being a retired chappy uh, so um, for that sake alone I would probably make uh, a while like this last two days. There are occasions, of course, where, for instance, on the Friday night when I joined uh, Radio Free Canaan's mics at quiz night, uh, because that runs into three or four o'clock in the morning, I do manage somehow to get through a whole bottle on that, uh, which may account for my lacklustre uh, performance in some of the quizzes. Anyway, what we've got here are novelty stoppers, and uh, the reason I mentioned that little diatribe about... Uh, making the bottle last, is that um, I have a little stopper that I do put in my wine. I open my wines early, I do let air to them, uh, and I let my first glass, uh, you know, warm to room temperature. But once this bottle had been opened two hours or so, I then put the stopper back on, because I don't want it to be open all night, because if I'm going to keep it until tomorrow... Uh, and the other thing I do, I don't put it back in the fridge because I, if I was going to take it over, you know, tomorrow and the night after that, then I probably would put it in the fridge. What I do do is move it into the kitchen area, out of the main warm living room, uh, so that, and then I bring it back and just warm it up a little bit in the room uh, on the second night. Um, uh, so I do do employ. Uh, stoppers, but uh, <laughs> we've got some lovely novelty stoppers on this page. Very difficult for me to describe them, but there's quite a few metallic ones uh, with a little guy, our lady, holding a tennis racket, a tennis racket and ball, 
and um, the the wow. Sorry, uh, sorry, uh, a little bit of surprise just entered my voice. I'm just looking at the price. Some of these are 80 and and $100. I can only assume that they must be silver-plated or something. Wow. Uh, hand, oh, one's here. Handmade, re- handmade recycle metal art. Let's just, this one is $70. So let me just have a little closer look at this. Handmade recycled metal art bottle caddy. Ah, ah, right. This is not a bottle stopper. It's a whole caddy that you put the bottle into. So it's like a, a holder for the whole bottle. Ah, now that makes much more sense. Not a stopper. Uh, the scale is difficult to see from some of these, but there are uh, the stoppers with like golf balls on the top. But some of these are actually to hold the whole bottle. Now, that makes an understanding as to that. So, that is www.thefind.com and then uh, put in tennis, wine, bottle. And you find lots of great, slightly quirky ideas for the man or woman in your life who likes wine and enjoys watching tennis. Okay. So back to the topic now, and we do have a couple of more things to just mention, and that is that um, there, there, when I was looking, um, we f- I found that there were a couple of ways that you could combine tennis and wine, and I'm just checking the time because, you know, this lad does witter on a little bit, um, 37 minutes gone, so we won't go too much long, but... Um, if you want to have a holiday break and you think, well, should I go to a, a tennis training school to brush up on my tennis? Or should I go to on a wine tasting tour? Um, there do seem to be a couple of specialist uh, companies that cater for both. And I'm just going to put the link in the room to this one I found. And it's the Walla Walla Tennis and Wine Camps page. And the URL is www.tennisandwinecamps.com So let's see what all this is about. Wow. Uh, Well. Right. Uh, we're, We're in the United States here, so... Let's just go to the the connections so you know what I'm talking about. Air travel. Walla Walla Regional Airport is five minutes from campus. Horizon Air, Airlines provides a service to Walla Walla in, with connections in Seattle. Uh, okay, so that, that gives you some idea. <clears throat> okay, uh, the July 4th, 11th to the 14th camp already officially sold out. Good heavens. Uncork a great time in Walla Walla. <clears throat> a perfect blend of tennis in the mornings and guided wine tastings and special dinner dinner events in the evening. It sounds absolute bliss. Well, if you're a younger person than I am, I think you need to be reasonably fit and certainly probably under 50 to enjoy that. 12 hours during your stay, 
12 hours of on-court instruction, drills and games with nationally recognised coaches, catered meals, two afternoons of chauffeured wine tastings, and three exclusive winery dinner events, tennis at the beautiful Whitman College campus, four indoor and four outdoor courts, private tour of Walla Walla Vineyard, special tasting in the Seven Hills Barrel Room. Wow, wow, wow. That sounds really something. If I could have gone on something like that um, uh, years ago, that would have been excellent. Um, Just noticing that uh, there's a decanter article referred to here um, from the decanter Washington uh, Times. I'm just bringing that page up. hope it's not breaking my audio as I do so. Uh, may do. It's a little PDF, I think. But let me put the link in the room. Yes, it's a PDF. And this is um, a PDF to the um, Decanter Washington Times from February 2012. And Hopefully this won't break up my audio when I look at it. Best wines where the Cabernet, Servo, uh, Cabernet and Merlot are blends have the richness of power, but also energy, poise and persistent, reminiscent of Bordeaux. Wow. Uh, right Cabernet Sauvignon grapes hand harvested from the Seven Hills vineyard in Walla Walla. Uh, and we're, we're to the um, east of Seattle here Um, so uh, we're in Washington State still and Walla Walla is is, I think still in Washington but it's very near the Oregon border so between Oregon and not far from Idaho as well so we're in the the southern part of uh, the Washington area of Seattle Um, so we're actually in um, Canada aren't we not America um, yes so no we're not we're st- stupid man David it shows Canada on the map we're just in the very northern part of America just abutting up with Canada so Vancouver is just across the border uh, we're to the east of Seattle in the Washington mountains and um, wow that's a great little article and it shows some of the the grapes here. Um, North Star Merlot, Columbia Valley. Uh, Charles Smith. Oh, well, Charles Smith. Uh, Velvet Devil Merlot, 2009. Andrew Hill, Sorella, 2007. So an awful lot to read there on this Decanter Washington Wines, February 2012. So that's the Walla Walla uh, tennis and wine camp. Um, so that is really a great little link. And I think I might be looking at the time, getting to a point where I think I'm going to actually um, bring um, bring this little event to an end. Yeah, I think um, as we hit 42 minutes, I'm just going to take a little bit of time out to um, say thank you for listening. Again, say a little bit of an apology for the sound quality from last week. Hope it's been better today. Hopefully me opening up all these different pages doesn't affect that sound quality. 
just to say also that I will be back with episode 73 next Tuesday, which indeed is the very end of January, the 29th of January. Um, now, provisionally, and this depends on the weather a bit, whether I stay ensconced in my home. There's not a lot of snow outside, but I don't really like driving when it's icy and slippery. Um, and so uh, if I get out uh, to the wine, I'm considering the topic of back to the box. Yes, um, it's quite a long time since I bought an actual large three-litre bottle. That's four bottles of wine, three-litre box. Uh, and I'm wondering uh, if I need to revisit those to see if they are a good value. Remember, we're still in austerity January, uh, where I am. We've had the excesses of uh, new, uh, Christmas and New Year. We've still been doing about, you know, uh, economy wines. Remember, uh, we did, um, what was it, episode um, 70, uh, wine at affordable prices. And um, last week we were talking about drinking of wines left over from the new year. This wine we've had a little bit, uh, today we've had the, a little bit of a fun with the Australian tennis going on. But I, I'm wondering if I can get any good value with boxes. Now, I will just preface that by saying I do know boxes of wine can be dear. They can be £16, £17. Pounds, so you can be get paying, uh, you know, getting up to 26 or $8 for these boxes. So uh, I've got to decide whether I go for an economy wine, uh, you know, a, a French vinder table, uh, maybe, um, you know, £10, $16, or whether I feel it's worth going more than that. Uh, or I may chicken out and get one of these one-litre uh, Tetra Pak wines. So it will be either wine but the box, or we may be talking Tetra Packs. So that's all for next week. And I'm just making a note for myself so I don't forget. So this is Dave AC on the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. Talk to you, call ID number double one double two seven two, searching for his little jazz safe outro music. Thank you ever so much for listening, and uh, hope to uh, you will catch me again and listen uh, to the programmes. And if you've just caught this odd one by accident, we are on iTunes. Please consider subscribing to us on iTunes. And it's bye from me. Bye bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.